All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in to Notable Nashville Podcast. Today's guest, we have Dan Snyder. So thanks for having me over to your place. We're recording at his studio right now. Welcome. Yeah, thank you. Um, I love all the guitars hanging up on the on the walls. Um, thanks. That, that, what kind of electric guitar is that one right next to you? Uh, it's a Gretsch Streamliner. That is an awesome guitar. It makes me look like I know what I'm doing, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. I'm a keyboardist, so, you know, it's... I I don't have a clue. But do you do you not uh play guitar uh you know professionally or you know you only do keys? I've started recently. Okay. Like pandemic, I kind of buckled down yeah. a bit and mostly just for recording, but uh-huh. it's been good, man. I really yeah. enjoy it. It's it's a departure and you know it sounds different. Like after playing a keyboard for years and years, yeah. you're just like I hate the sound of a piano. <laughs> Something different. I've been trying to dabble in. Uh, my mom got me an acoustic guitar, a Martin, so I feel like I have to brush up my skills to be able to play it. You know, I'm like, yeah. I have this nice guitar. I need to learn how to play it. Yeah. Um, but so, Dan, you you uh, are uh, the head of a couple of different indie alternative bands. You want to kind of talk a little bit about that first? Yeah, sure. Um, Paper Lights is the main one. and I've been doing it for over a decade, really. And it started just kind of it's a bunch of friends that wanted to do something a little different. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't know, it became a touring band somehow with a, like an alternating group of people. It's just kind of been like whichever friends are available to go do it oh, at okay. the time and, and contribute to it. It's been really fun. What year did you start that? Um, around 2010, I okay. think. So, you know, way before the pandemic, you were able to tour. I'm sure you are reminiscing about the touring days right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was great. I, I really do miss it. Um, live music is my favorite part of what we get to do, so it, it's definitely missed. Yeah. And then the other the other group uh, was with your wife, right? Or, or... Yeah, um, Katie's helped out with it. It's called A Reverie, and uh, it was more or less just something that I did at home, um, and you know, she started singing on it, and I don't know. It was very, fun. Very cool. So how would you describe your influences in uh, Paper Lights? Like what made you want to, uh, to, to front that? Do you, you know, I've listened to the music, but do you provide vocals on that or is it just keys? Uh, yeah. Um, I wrote most of it, uh, produced almost all of it. And yeah, it's kind of been my baby, um, sang, fronted it. Um, it's weird cause it, it really began for me out of fear um, and, and facing some fears I had, I was, a you know, auxiliary guy for different artists and still what I love to do, but I, th- I thought, you know, I need to learn how to write. And then it became, you know, I'll let this other person sing something that I wrote. And that uh-huh. was like, that was a fear. And then once I got through that, I was like, well, maybe I could sing it. And then, you know, it became a thing. And I never quite got to the point where I was like completely fearless in it, I feel like, but it really did help me conquer a lot of that. And yeah, I was really grateful that it went so far. And, you know, a lot of those songs have ended up in some films and movies and amazing some television shows that we didn't expect. So that's so cool. Really... What was the, the most shocking that uh, in film or TV that you saw? Oh, Teen Mom. Teen Mom. Like <laughs> nine episodes of Teen Mom. <laughs> oh my gosh, that many? It's not at all what I would have expected for uh-huh. that music. You know, like you don't sit down and write a song and think it's going to be. This is gonna the be soundtrack to teen pregnancy. <laughs> uh, that's on MTV, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 That's so funny. Um, 
So what made you kind of want to strike the passion to like start, um, you know, forming bands and playing? Like when did it all start for you as a kid or um, all your life? No, not at all. Um, I was an armored car, car driver for Loomis Fargo. Oh, my and, gosh. Uh, yeah, I had some like weird close calls uh-huh. and some, some, you know, it's the only occupation where criminals chase you. <laughs> And I had a couple of things happen on the job and I won't go into it, but it really made me realize like, okay, life is short. I need to do something that, you know, is worth it, is, you know, worth our time, something I'm passionate about. And, you know, money and, and guns wasn't that mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought, well, you know, music is something I'm interested in. Maybe, maybe I could do that. And, and my wife and I ended up moving to Atlanta and pursuing it and, yeah, somehow really quickly it became a career and you know, 15 years later, I'm still doing it. Wow. So what made you want to move, take the move to Na- Atlanta to Nashville? Um, God, it's a great question. I think we knew one person there and we didn't know anyone here oh, Okay. at the time. <laughs> so you kind of moved to Atlanta not knowing anybody as well? Yeah, we didn't know anybody. And, you know, in retrospect, it was like not the best decision in that you know, as far as for music, obviously, but, you know, I really appreciated the time there. I learned a lot. We have a lot of great friends from there. I was able to start touring out of Atlanta and yeah, it still made it work. It's kind of a good central location. I mean, even Nashville and Atlanta for touring, you know, yeah. you're close to a lot of the different, you know, the whole United States you can get to pretty easy. Um, I was reading up on your bio and I see that you've composed um, music for, you know, like corporations like Coca-Cola, CBS, Boeing, Chick-fil-A. What's, I wonder, what, what's the Chick-fil-A one? Did you like create a jingle or something? Uh, yeah, it was like a, I think it was a, a commercial for a Super Bowl, maybe. Oh, wow. Something like that. It's been some time ago. So how did you get into that? Did you have an agent that, that helped you get into that? Or? Uh, yeah, that one was uh, a guy named Noah Culver. That um, We're still friends. He, he was, I guess he was... Uh, the technical term was it's in charge of filming this commercial and oh, okay you know just graciously used our music that's awesome <laughs> oh so it was it wasn't like actual composing like uh music that you did specifically for that it was your band uh well i can't remember actually it's very confusing because a lot of times I'll, I'll start to compose something for a spot like that and then it'll become a song and then I'll, you know we'll keep using it okay that makes sense that makes sense <laughs> And you also, um, you know, worked with uh, AMA Artist of the Year, Sam Hunt, and did a couple BBC radio tours with uh, a songwriter, Cal- Callaghan. I've never heard of Callaghan. Who is, yeah, who is Callahan. It? She's a... Or uh, Callahan, yeah. She's a female singer. She's amazing. Um, yeah, worked for her for seven years and uh, did a lot of tours in the UK, uh, a lot over here as well, just coast-to-coast wow. stuff and... Yeah, Sam was really fun. Um, played keys with him for a while, and that group was was really different style of music for me, but really rewarding. I remember seeing Sam Hunt um, at he was set up downtown, kind of by the Bridgestone. It was a free show. You're, were you playing with him at that point? I don't um, think so because no. it was really cool. It was just kind of like I think it was a spring day. He was just set up with a big stage, and people could come up and and watch them perform, but, um, it, you know, one of those Nashville things, they yeah. always have those free shows going on. Oh, they're a blast. Yeah. So that was a <laughs> lot of fun. 
But you, you said you've toured in the UK and stuff. What's your favorite part about um, like Europe and, and, oh, and man. traveling there? Yeah, I don't know. Um, done it quite a few times now, and I love the food. The people are awesome. You know, it's a completely different vibe at the venues. I feel like, I don't know. I think of small little like cafes and stuff would be yeah. cool in the UK. Or yeah, just like going into like a, you know, different places you don't have here in the US. Like, you know, I don't know, little bookstores or I, I just picture that in the UK that they have all these little niche yeah. kind of things going on. I've never been, but. Yeah, it's great. They're, you know, they really appreciate good coffee and. Yeah, I don't know what my favorite thing would be about it. It's just like a lot of really small towns in a really surprisingly small country. Yeah. And the venues are all old, you know, like we had to play in this place in London. I think it was like, uh-oh. Oh, shoot. Is that all right? A little mic, mic problem here. <laughs> I had like a little tick in my headphones. I was like, what is that? Uh-oh. Uh, but sorry, go ahead. Um, I, I think we got to play in this place in downtown London and forgive me, I forget the name of it, but it was like an old church in St. Pancras old church, pancreatic church. I don't, I forget. Oh wow. It was like, um, I forget how many hundreds of years old and it was the site of like the last photograph the Beatles ever took together or something like that. Oh, very cool. Just a little piece of history that. You know, it's behind this graveyard in this little corner of London. It's just so cool, you know, like playing this little piece of history that, you know, you may have never heard about or most people haven't heard about. It was really tiny. Did you ever get to go to Abbey Road or check out any of that? Yeah, I've been there. Oh, very cool. Haven't played there. Haven't recorded there. Oh, well. (laughs) If I I go to London, that's where I want to go because there's so much history and I watch like all these you know, live, you know, performances from there. Like Spotify does a lot of stuff from there too that I listen to, um, recorded straight from Abbey Road Studios. So, I mean, there's so much history in that, in that room. But, uh, you know, now you being in Nashville and everything and, you know, you're still doing the music thing as, as we can in COVID times or as much as you can. But, uh, what's your favorite part about, uh, living here in the city and, and just being in, in the Nashville community? Man, I, I found that it was a lot different than I expected, um, mostly in terms of just acceptance. Like, I thought, well, you know, back up, Atlanta, I think, was a little bit different because jobs seemed a little more scarce there, um, and there was more competition, like, just naturally. You know, people were fighting for the jobs a little more, and mm-hmm. it just created a, di- a different atmosphere within the creative community that I found here, and it's like the first guy that took me to coffee and was just like, how do I help you with your career? Just blew my mind. Yeah. I was like, Oh, like <laughs> people are really willing to help each other. Yeah. Out yeah. And it was just really, um, I don't know. That was really refreshing about moving to Nashville. And, you know, we've only been here for a couple of years, I guess. And, you know, a lot of it, we were out for family stuff that first year. And then, you know, this last COVID. So, mm-hmm we really don't feel like we've experienced it yet. And yet it's been so great already. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, where are you from originally? Where'd you grow up at? Uh, mostly East Tennessee, Johnson okay. city, Tennessee. Okay. Yeah. So kind of the, the big, uh, cornfield or not cornfields, but like, you know, stables <laughs> and horses and stuff out in Johnson city. We've heard of those gas station places. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gas station places. <laughs> so is it, is it, uh, you know, kind of like, closer to home being in Nashville, you know, being from Tennessee already, is that why you kind of want to wanted to move back here? It feels a lot more like home, even though it's a little bit further away from 
Johnson City than mm-hmm. Atlanta was actually. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think I I had come to a point where like I was really enjoying the touring thing, um, but like I said earlier, um, I think for me leading a band was just kind of a means to learn not Mm -hmm. to like, it wasn't something I ever needed for me. Um, I think I still really enjoy, uh, working for other artists and being like a support guy far more than I ever enjoyed leading a band. So you never really wanted to skyrocket off and be like, you know, the front man of Coldplay or something. No, uh, I mean, if that happened, it's fine, but no, I, I think like for me that was meant to be a learning experience so that I can better support someone else. Okay. And I've always felt like that was what I was best at. And so moving to Nashville was just um you know, with intent to do more of that. Uh-huh. So So what, what what's what's the next steps for you as far as like how does that work? Do people reach out to you, um, you know, management or being like, Hey, we've got we need a keys player or where do you find, you know, work? as far as, uh, you know, being, being on a, as a supporting for an artist? It's a great question. I think it happens different for everyone. Uh-huh. For me, it's always been different. Um, I've probably played for, I don't know, 40 different artists over the years. And every time it's just been something completely different. It's not uh-huh. like there's a message board with all the music jobs on it. Yeah. Um, and it makes you a better person because you have to be genuine and like, a decent human being, I think. A good person. Or otherwise, like, you know how small it is. Like, yeah, you can't just be an a hole, or you'll gain a reputation. Yeah, so like, nobody will want to work. work no, with you. like you, <laughs> you have to just like gain genuine relationships and be a good friend. I feel like, and yeah. like somebody that people want to travel with. Mm-hmm. You know, traveling is is far more important. Like they talk about the hang. Yeah, like yeah. How good a hang you are, and it's like. That, that just comes into play so much more than being a skilled musician even. Like, I've hired guys for my own band that were far less skilled just because I knew the rest of the band could hang out with them for months at a time and it wasn't going to be drama. Oh, okay. You know? So, yeah, that, that really is important to just be oh, a good so hang. I hear, I hear that all the time. <laughs> but um, I want to ask you, have you had any horror stories of, like, and you don't have to name any names, but just like an artist that you've worked with, it was like just, you know, terrible to, to be on tour with. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but you can't give any names. You can't give any names. <laughs> I'll never do that. <laughs> Everybody has. But, uh, I mean, like, do you ever, um, you know, go on tour and there's like these stipulations where you have to follow so many rules of, of like, um, where, oh, you know, you have to be on the bus at a certain time or have you ever missed a, a, a call where you're out like partying or something? You oh. don't strike me as like a huge partier, but no, uh. um, <laughs> no, I, I, I can't remember a thing like that. I've, I, there was, there was a time at a church I was playing at where I got yelled at for, uh, standing in the coffee line for too long, <laughs> but it wasn't even to the stage. So I don't know. <laughs> so that, that's the worst story. That's, that's pretty good then. Um, so what, what's next in, in 2021, you know, we're here in a new year. Uh, what, what do you got going on as far as like the momenting of, of, of projects of it? You got anything in the works? Yeah. Um, always writing constantly writing and producing, uh, collaborating with others. So got like, four or five different projects going on right now and just going to keep plugging away. I don't know when live music's going to come back around again, but 
I'll be ready for it. Cool. Well, um, so last question for you. Uh, this was a qu- pretty quick interview, and I want to thank you again for having me over. Oh, but, thank you. Um, you know, 20, 2020 was quite a year, but, you know, there were still some good albums that came out. I want to know if you have any, like, top um, albums of 2020 that you were listening to all the mm-hmm. time, um, either, you know, that you bought on CD or just streamed on Spotify, but I'll put you on the spot if there was any, or maybe not even albums, just songs that you were really digging on last year. Man. That's so good. Um, I'd have to think about it. I've really enjoyed that new Phoebe Bridgers album. Oh, me too. I love it so much. Punisher. Yeah. Yes. And she just played SNL, which was really cool. Yeah. And tried to break the guitar. Yeah. Tried to break it. Failed. (laughs) But, you know, it was a a valiant attempt. It was worthy. Yeah. (laughs) I really enjoyed that. Um, Trying to think of what else. Uh I would have to look at my Spotify yeah, yeah, account. Yeah. I put you on the spot. That's always hard to ask people like, hey, what, what have you been listening to? But I feel like Phoebe Bridger's album just kind of like was, you know, um, a lot of, you know, she's very sad. And, you know, she makes people, her music kind of just brings out a sadness. But yeah. it was like a, a uplifting at the end as well. Um, the ending track just kind of like goes into this like really, really uh, powerful uh, I don't know even know how to describe it, but it's so powerful that it just makes you feel things. And I love, I love music like that. Yeah, it was, it was really daring. I felt like a lot of, of the guitar processing and stuff that they, they use was really unique. Oh yeah. I don't know. I, th- I think, uh, there's, you know, it's becoming more and more open to, to new and unique types of music. I feel mm-hmm. like the industry is and yeah, it's exciting. Like, I don't, I don't feel like we've ever been to this point where it's like, it's okay to do something weird. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or try that and maybe it'll fail, but like, we'll put it on the record anyway. Exactly. And, you know, it's kind of interesting. Nashville has been going through a lot with, uh, you know, Morgan Wallen and the country community, like his comments and stuff and, you know, breaking up Burma's label. And, um, I think there was, you know, the same day that, you know, that came out, the recordings of Morgan Wallen, um, what was the the brothers Osborne? I guess mm. one of the guys came out as gay and in the band, or like he's always been gay, but he's just like, okay, yeah, I'm going to be open about it now. I thought that was really interesting. You know, the kind of contrast of you know racial, um, you know, racism and also you know LGBT kind of like rising to the top at yeah. the same time. Did you, did you hear about that? I didn't, but that's that is really exciting. I'm yeah. really happy about that. I, I think there's a lot more room for us all to be a little more accepting yeah, and we can go a lot further in that. Especially in the country community yeah, uh, because that's kind of like unheard of. That's progress. Yeah, 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 Yeah. for sure. Well, Dan, I'm really excited about uh, your new music coming out um, or your new projects that you've been working on. So thanks, thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks for uh, taking the time to talk with me. And, and I want to close out the show with one of your tracks um, from paper lights. We're a lot like trees and definitely go check out Dan Snyder's music on Spotify, uh, iTunes, wherever you get your music. And thanks again for listening. Here is Paper Lights, We're a Lot Like Trees.
But it never seems so to be. 